And we're back. This is the Relaxed Running Podcast, and we have a really good guest on today, good mate of mine, Dave McNeil. I, uh, Dave McNeil is a bloke that I met for the first time back in 2001. Uh, you wouldn't believe it. I reckon the second time I ever raced him, I beat him. I think it was the last time I ever beat him as well. I was 14. The year after that, he uh, he just started to absolutely smoke fields left, right, and center. It's Really crazy to look back at how a bloke that you ran against as a junior can just progress and, and do such massive things. He's now competed at two Olympics, four World Cross Country Championships, Commonwealth Games, World Champs. He's pretty much ticked every major championship that you would want to tick off. It was a, It's incredible to look at this guy's career and it's great just to sit down with him and, and speak about the process. I, I love this chat. He's a, he's a really well thought out guy. Uh, we cover some ground both in and outside of athletics, and uh, yeah, it was interesting just to to hear a lot of his opinions and ch- and chat about ideas. And uh, yeah, Dave's just a, a bloke I'd I'd love to do this with more often. So I, I'm really excited to share this episode with you. I've got a feeling you're really going to enjoy it. So uh, I'm pretty keen to get Dave back on. Um, you know, just hopefully before he qualifies for the Olympics, if not just after. So hey, enjoy. <laughs> But what I wanted to start with, I wanted to ask you because uh, I mentioned on the phone to you the other day that I reckon the first time I, I maybe ever met you or saw you <laughs> on the track was, I think it was 2001, yep, the National Under 14 3000 Metre Championships. I, I reckon it was before then. It was the same year, but it was at cross cross country. Did at you Eurobend? Uh, oh, no. no, it was in, did you go to the one in Perth, the All Schools? Or did you go to the one in Hobart? I did. So at the... that time, I uh, I was actually living in Perth until 2001. Oh, okay. So I, it was around Perry Lake Stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I met you there. Yeah, that was the first, that's the first time I remember meeting you. Yeah. Um, and then I remember, I remember at, um, at all schools in Melbourne for track in the, at that 3K at the end of the year. So, okay, so I, I think, are, are you an 86? 86, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm yeah. 87, so yeah. we... That you were the upper age of the correct. Okay, but so we were, so I think we were both under sixteens at that point. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's such a. It's so yeah. funny looking back. Like, as a, <laughs> it was actually in hindsight. I can't remember if we had like a VHS tape of um, the the track race that I was telling you about in Melbourne. Oh, but I'm, I remember. I'm sure there is. I remember I'd ran uh, like nine twenty nine for three k at that time, and I came over and I was like, okay, surely if I run just close to that. Like I'll be I'll be competitive or yeah. whatever, and I remember oh. I ran like nine thirty five, and that race was stacked. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. I think so. I was laughing with you on the phone the other day because, yeah. um, and it's funnier for you now in hindsight based on the fact that um, <laughs> we got a special on, we got a special guest here, Maggie, um, up on the table, the cat having a sniff at the microphone. the microphone. So if you hear a jingle, it's not Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was laughing because. The only person I think I beat, I don't even know if I beat you, you might have kicked yeah, past me, no, you, no, was, you, was yourself. I, I feel like, I, I can't actually remember what I came, but um, I was definitely north of 9.30 um, and I was definitely at the, the back end of the pack, yeah. Yeah, so is that, <laughs> that was the start of your running career. When did you much. start getting into it? Because it, it blew my mind, I was laughing the other day. Yeah. It's, just, it's so funny, I don't know if you remember Tyson Mann as well. It, dude, that guy was dominating. Back so, then. so I remember I, uh, my coach Joe Carmody. I called him when I was living in Perth, and I said, "Look, I'm, I'm looking at all the Victorian athletes. Yeah. I was the same age as Tyson Mann. If you don't yeah. know Tyson Mann, listeners, he was a 15 year old 
kid running like 353 or yeah. 354 for 1500. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. thought, okay, I have to get over to Victoria because that's just where it was all at. Yeah. And I got over here and, and sort of stepped foot into the, the Victorian scene and was mind blown. As you said, like the depth yeah. of that race that we oh. were in was, was insane. I, I, I still remember that 3K because I think. I think that was probably a big jump for a lot of people. Like I remember um, Sam Ellis; he was he was kind of our heir yes. as well, and he he had a he ran really well that year, and he was kind of at the top end of all of those that national under sixteen age group. And I, I think I think him, and then it was a New South Wales guy that won it, but they were both like just under nine minutes, and I I didn't know anyone our age group at that point that had no. run under nine minutes. And then a hand, I, th- I reckon there must have been a handful of them ride around nine, maybe just under and a couple of just over and just being like, man, I'm like, I'm way out of my depth here. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you run National Cross Country at Yarrabin in 2000? Did you run that uh, race? No. So 2001 was my first, my first big team. Um, so, yeah. And that actually, to be honest, that was probably, it was probably around the time that I started to, like my interest started to peak uh, in a little bit in distance running. Um, I'd done like a bit of school stuff before then, but that was kind of, yeah, the first time I'd yeah, had any exposure to like Victorian teams and, and that sort of that sort of level of competition. Yeah, so from that point, yeah, yeah like yeah, your interest, like your natural talent was obviously there. You're running at a national level um, yeah. or a state level um, and, and, and like in a reasonably deep race, like so yeah. for a young kid, it's a great experience. But yeah. at, at what point did you go, all right, like this is something that I really want to invest my time into? Because for me, it's, yeah. it honestly is, that's the point of the Tyson Mahn story. It was, it was funny for me, looking back now, it's incredible yeah. to see athletes at a young age who, um, you know, might have been being beaten. And just oh, like yeah. the, the fact that you're, you're, you've run Olympics now and, yeah. and, and it's like international champs. So the, it's really interesting and inspiring for young athletes Yeah, definitely. Well. I'm trying to think back to to back to that time, and I remember um, like I had a few health health issues at the time, um, and I, I was and then and then running. I think it. I think every, anyone at that age group um, can either be um, totally out of their depth or or absolutely dominating because it's kind of that sort of crossover puberty period where yes. you, you get some people that are pretty well developed and then you get little little kids like me that are not even not even close to develop so i i actually i remember in 2001 those first two experiences running at nationals just thinking man i'm way out of my depth here like <laughs> this is this is um this this might not be uh i might be kidding myself here um so yeah look i don't know if i I, I, mean, I obviously stuck at it <laughs> um, and I obviously enjoyed it. I was a sucker for punishment, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it was also – it was around the time that I met my first sort of proper coach and um, and I think the environment that he created and his training and and just his general demeanour. Um, and this is This is Tom Kelly. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, he just – he. I mean, apart from being my first coach, he would – Came a, a an absolutely pivotal person in my life, so um, I think uh, I, th- I think that's that's I mean that's essentially what sort of um, kept me in the sport and and eventually um, fostered a love for the sport was uh, was definitely through Tom. So, yeah, but yeah, that that first um, those first few experiences at the the kind of state and national level, I um, yeah, I was I was definitely out of my depth, and but yeah, it's just it's one of those. I guess it's the the old um, 
uh, oh, it just it goes to show you, you, you persist and you, you stick at it and and um, sometimes it pays off. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. Um, yeah, it's obviously paid off. The reason I started the conversation with that is that's the only race I can remember where you didn't kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how old were you when you started to get good? Um, well, I reckon it might have been um, – it was, it was probably over the next couple of years. Um, I remember um, – yeah, that two thousand and one, I struggled. I, um, I, I was pro- I was struggling a bit at school, and um, I I had had some sort of uh, endocrinology endocrinology issues, and and what is um, that? What? I just problems with my hormones, and and this was and this was this this is partly just because I was from a pubescent point of view, I was a bit of a late bloomer. Yeah, um, and I think that kind of I look back on that and. That probably probably affected me um, physically and mentally. I think um, just feeling like a bit sort of behind with things, and um, and and then yeah, I think things just sort of naturally started to um, piece together, and I, I probably became a little less uh, stressed about different things the the following year. And um, yeah, two thousand and two, yeah, I started to um feel a bit healthier kept improving from a running perspective started keeping up with people um that I couldn't keep up with before and it was just one of those like yeah a long-term battle of attrition just like there's always someone that you're chasing up in front and you just keep kind of plodding away until you catch up to them or you can keep up with them and that was kind of what happened and then I remember in yeah the next year like from going from like a 9:33k runner I think by the the end of the following year, I'd run eight forty, eight forty two or something. So what's that? Um, like fifteen or sixteen? Yeah. So that would have been when I was sixteen. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I have no memories of you <laughs> after that because I think I must have been. I think I was year twelve the first time I ever broke nine minutes, and it was at one of those races. So my, were you? Did you go to Xavier? I did. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because yeah. I've got this. I've got this funny memory of. Uh, being at Box Hill Athletics track, and it must have been two thousand and three, two thousand and four. So, did you did you move back to Melbourne in oh, or did you move to Melbourne in oh one or oh two? Uh, oh one. Oh one. Yeah. So yeah. actually, that that race um, where the I one in you. Perth. <laughs> no, sorry, I was still living in Perth for the cross then? country, and, and, then, and then I moved back. Uh, in, okay. I, think I moved back December oh one. Yeah. Okay. And I okay. think my first race on Victorian soil. Still racing in the WA colours though oh, was was that three k, yeah, yeah. um, but I have this I have this funny memory. I, I remember being down at Box Hill. And it must have been o two o three, and I yeah. I represented Gippsland Grammar, my school, oh. and I think it was ICs we call it or or, or GIS okay. maybe. There's a yeah. there's a competition where we all used to meet up. Okay, and I remember mm-hmm. seeing you and and you were smacking me on the track at this point. And I remember our race was about half an hour away. And I remember you seeing seeing you in the sideline doing some stretches, but reading through a textbook. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I've got to get my life together because this bloke's telling me on the track, and now he's also oh, yeah. just going to be a smarter unit. And always, whenever someone says David Neal to me, I, I honestly I picture that. And it's funny to bring it up with you now because it's um, it's honestly it's just something that's imprinted in my wow. mind. Wow. I can still I can still remember the exact place we were sitting. And the exact thought was in my it, head. Was it during like, was it still during the school year or was it kind of like into December and end of the school year or? Yeah, I, to, I can't really, think. I can't really remember, mm. to be honest. I've just been, been impressed. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, 
I can't I can't remember the te- the textbook, but it doesn't really surprise me because I was. Um, I mean, I yeah, I, th- I I think that was definitely. I think that was one of the things that sort of um, I struggled with in two thousand and one. Was I was, and and I mean, I probably still up to this day struggle with it a bit. Was was always such a perfectionist, and I had to do everything had to be perfect and. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, look at, at times it, it took its toll, and two thousand and one it definitely took its toll. I ended up with like a mild case of chronic fatigue for a oh, while, wow. um, and then uh, but yeah, look, I I kept I kept I kept flogging myself at everything to try and try and be good at everything, and um, yeah, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so <laughs> I have a bit better balance now, I think. But it's not it's not uncommon, is it? Like I I feel like there's a lot of people, and I'll probably put myself in that category yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, my close mates would say for sure that yeah. in some areas I'm not a perfectionist enough. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, I think it's not unique to, to distance runners because it's such an all-involved sport. Absolutely. I think it's. Uh, I think there's a disproportionate level of perfectionists in the uh, the the distance running world. Um, I think it's a it's it's a it's probably a trait that um, affords itself um, to to being a good distance runner. I think is is. Um, yeah, being studious and and um, attention to detail and and um, yeah, being um, ultra self critical and um, yeah, all oh yeah, like I said, all qualities of distance runners and probably explains why you you um, you hear so many stories of um, yeah of distance runners doing doing pretty well at other other aspects of life as well. Yeah, so, yeah, it's really interesting. Fact, yeah. I'm uh, like no one who listens to the podcast would be surprised by the fact that I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. Oh yeah, and yeah. like every other bloody thirty year old <laughs> Melbourneian. But yeah. um, one of the things that he speaks about is he comes from a martial arts background. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I always I'm always interested just to hear the comparisons. Uh, or, or to see the comparisons that he makes between his, his jujitsu and the almost perfectionist approach yeah. that you have to take because it's just there's so many different factors that you can improve and work on in running, isn't there? That yeah, absolutely. No matter how well you're doing something, there's always something else that you're, you're sure you're able to improve. Yeah, and I think look at, at, at pretty much at every level. I mean, certainly at the 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 higher levels of um, competitive distance running. But I was having this conversation last night with a friend actually. He he was um, it just called me out of the blue. Very good friend Daniel, and um, just happy new year and and how, how's life and, and this and that. And um, you know, he was telling me about um, he was just in a really good spot at the moment. Um, uh, super happy, um, super goal driven. Um, started running a bit the last few months, and um, he's kind of set a goal last year to try and run 500k for the year, and he did that. And now he set himself the goal of running. Uh, I think it's a challenge going around at the moment, the 2020 challenge. So 2020 k's in 2020. So he's kind of set himself that challenge, and just um, just this overwhelming sense of um, just feeling good about life and and we started talking about goals and I I I talked about um I started talking to him about um your your um um outcome driven goals and then your process driven goals and outcome driven goals being like well in this case I'm going to run 2020 kilometers in in 2020 and then talking about the more of the process driven goals of like well what what are the what are the elements of your your process that um, you need to kind of set up to achieve that goal, and I mean, 
Re- really, it's just a fancy way of saying it's a plan. Um, but he hadn't hadn't sort of thought of, he hadn't sort of thought of that thought of it that way, and he kind of had a rough idea. I've got to run about forty k a week, um, but there was no sort of like um, setting a goal like I'm going to run um, at least three days a week every week for for the year, or I'm going to um, run you know I'm going to get forty k's a week each week for the rest of the year, and and um, at least in distance running. I, I like many many runners, um, particularly at this level. You kind of you get to a point where um, sometimes it feels like ninety percent of the time you fail, and then ten percent of the time it 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 works out, and you have that perfect race or you know race that you're happy with. And mm-hmm. um, it gets harder the the longer you stick at the sport, partly because you you know the diminishing diminishing gains, but then also you start to get older as well, so <laughs> it gets more challenging that way. But um, we, we coming back to that idea of those process-driven goals. Um, having those process-driven goals were, uh, I, I think, a, a super, super important to um, to keep yourself um, in a good mental frame of mind in the face of sometimes those outcome-driven goals. They don't work out mm-hmm. as as you you do everything right and you you plan as best you can and then sometimes they don't they don't pan out. Um, but having those process driven goals and being able to kind of come back to those and go, hey, I I did this, I did that, I did my best. At least leaves you at the end of the day being able to say, well, I, I did everything I could um, and I, I followed the process and. And I enjoyed it as well. That's the other element is you, you, if you're going to set a goal, well, at least make it, if you're going to be out, have any chance of, of succeeding at it, there's got to be some joy along the way as well. So. That's a good point. So how do you go about setting your goals? Because it, it's interesting to hear that that perspective yeah. uh, on, on goal setting. Uh, yeah. But it's something that like a lot of people think, okay, the new year's ticked around. And yeah, you know, I guess it's just a, in terms of milestones or in terms of like a blank canvas, it's, it's an exciting time to plan. Are you the kind of guy that sits down at the start of a new year? And to, if, I, if I'm honest, I, I should probably do it more often. <laughs> yeah. I'm better at talking about it than actually following through with it. And obviously I have goals and they're goals that I've thought about, um, you know, for probably the last six to eight months. Um, I, um, yeah, so I just finished up a physio degree in November and I kind of, um, probably since halfway through last year, um, having been, having had some injury issues for probably 18 months and finally starting to get some consistency in my running kind of thought, well, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to in 2020, um, set two new PBs. I haven't set PBs in, well, I haven't set a 10K PB in five years and I haven't set a 5K PB in eight years. So that was kind of the goal I'd sort of set for 2020, probably six months ago. Um, and I guess I'm fortunate that I've been doing the distance running thing long enough that I, I kind of know what the process is. Um, and obviously over the years with I don't know, a bit of extra wisdom and, and you, you can kind of fine-tune um, certain elements of that process to to maximise your chance at being successful, and um, whether that's things to do with recovery or things to do with looking after the mental side of things, or things to do with just life balance, or or things to do with like how you um, how you approach the intensity of your your training and, and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I haven't actually I haven't probably spent as much time as I 
probably should have actually writing down what my process is, but um, but I also have the benefit of having done it long enough now that the the process is pretty pretty well ingrained now. Yeah, and yeah, I wanted to I wanted to pick your mind a little bit. You mentioned earlier, like when you were younger, mm. being a bit of a perfectionist. Even yeah. even now, I think yeah. you said it's still a bit of a thing. But yeah, like how how did you learn to to balance that? How did you learn to yeah. to deal with that perfectionism and the, the desire just to want to you know nail like it, everything? Yeah, it was tough. I I think it was. Um, I think as as the years have gone by, um, and it, it's always been a kind of a question. I think everyone grapples with is you know what's what's my purpose, and mm-hmm. you, people might not do it in such an existential way and say what's my purpose. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but in some way, shape, or form, people kind of face that um that sort of question in some some way at at some point or, or often in um as as I kind of find and um I think for for me running um running has just continually become a more central part of my life and um it's yes sometimes it's hard to admit that it's it's a a bit of an identity thing as well because you 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 often hear like you know you you don't want to you don't want your life to be determined by you know one one element because if it's you know ever ripped away from you then then what do you have but um yeah occupational hazard of running I guess and I think as as running has continued to evolve and continued to um I guess have different meaning in my life um compared to what it did sort of 10-15 years ago um and as as it's become you know more important or less important or or its importance has changed over the years. Um, I've had to adjust other things. Um, it, you know, when I in sort of twenty ten to twenty twelve, when I was kind of starting to think about Olympics, like um, I I did have to kind of put other elements of my life aside to to kind of maximize the sort of the preparation to get to the Olympics, and um, and in in that sort of pro, in that sort of that that first time around getting to the Olympics, I can't learned a lot about myself and what what didn't didn't work um, in terms of getting me to the Olympics, um, but in, also in terms of like just having a good good frame of mind mm-hmm. um, just about life and and I definitely um, at that point I I running just it was totally out of balance. Um, I had nothing else going on and. And I put all my eggs into that sort of running basket, and and that probably at different times caused a lot of anxiety when when it wasn't going well, um, and then that was kind of turned into a bit of a vicious cycle, and mm. um, probably wasn't helping the running. So so then I went then I went away and figured, well, I need to have something else in my life to balance balance the running out, but you know it can't be it can't be too sort of demanding that it detracts from what I want to do through running. Um, so I went and did a Masters between between um, London and Rio Olympics and, and that was great and um, that was probably a, a good sort of level in terms of um, giving me another element to my life to, to, to be focused on, still allowed me to kind of zero in on my, on my running goals um, and um, yeah, it was just a good balance. And then I I decided to do the same thing after Rio. I thought, well, let's let's um, let's go do something else now to 
use my time better. So I went and did a physio degree and um, I think, I mean, I did the physio degree for some different reasons as well, partly because at that point I was like, well, I can't escape the fact that running is a central part of my life and there will come a time when I can't do it at a super highly competitive level. Um, but I'd love to still be involved in the sport in some way, shape or form. Physio is probably, a, a, at least from my perspective, felt like a good a good vehicle to stay involved in the sport and that's that was the main reason I did it. But um, I also had in the back of mind, this is a good thing to do um, over the next few years. You know, I don't know if I'll get to Tokyo. Um, I don't know what my trajectory is from a from an elite level distance runner fitness perspective. Um, but I'll just keep chugging along and see what happens. And um, and yeah, I I got to got a year through the degree and then got to twenty eighteen and um, I seemed to combine the two pretty well and. Um, and then started running well, and then I made the Com Games team, and I was on top of the world. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in hindsight, I'd, I'd gotten the, the balance out of out of whack, and and that perfectionism of of trying to do do everything had mm. uh, eventually came back to bite. And um, I yeah, there was a there was a period in 2018 where I was um, I was on my clinical rotations at the hospital. Um, sort of eight till four thirty every day. I was um, I was working two nights a week, um, coaching the um, VFL boundary umpires, and then I was and then I was tra- training, trying to qualify for the Com Games. And um, yeah, it was it, I, I eventually absolutely and utterly broke down, um, and it wasn't because of the running. <laughs> it was just because I was doing too much and I was trying to do everything perfectly and. And um, at the expense of, you know, having some balance and recovering and, um, yeah, like I I had a very specific injury, um, but it could have been anything and, and it was just that was my weakest link and that's what broke and, um, yeah, it caused me to sort of be on the sidelines for the next 12, 12 18 months. And um, so it goes to show, I'm, you know, I'm 33 now and I still, you know, I still unfortunately make – make the same mistakes just in different ways um, all in the pursuit of, of trying to find find balance and kind of finding that that magical sort of um, balance between yeah getting the most out of um, my goals from a running perspective but then also kind of ticking ticking boxes towards other goals that I have in life as well yeah it's, it's interesting man just to go back to what you what you started with speaking about the you know, the big questions of, like, yeah, what's my purpose yeah, and the yeah. existential questions. And I think it's not uncommon, like, to people our age especially. Yeah. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of a, a bloke called Richard Raw, but he's written one of my favourite books of all time called Falling Upward. Oh, and, check um, this out. Man, <laughs> check it out. He's, yeah. uh, uh, like, I'm not, I'm not sure like, what your worldview is, but he comes yeah. from, like, a Christian tradition. Yeah. Um, and But he's, he's quite a mystic, I think. He's, yeah, he, like, yeah. he looked at a little bit of spirituality, but it's a very practical kind of book. But, yeah, so interesting. The, the idea of the book is he speaks about the, the first and second half of life. Yeah. And he's not speaking about, like, a chronological age. Yeah. He's speaking about... Um, so the first half of life is is where we sort of build our identity, like yep. the idea of um, the, the things that comfort our ego and tickle our ego, whether yeah. that be money or fame or, yep. or running in yep. the Olympics or, yep. Yep. Um, you know, all the things that a young yep. guy or yeah, girl yeah. is going to pursue. Yeah. Um, 
and then he said anyone who's on track will get to about 30 and realize that the areas of their life where they've been trying to put so much of their hope aren't yeah. fulfilling him in the way oh, that they hoped. Yeah. And he said that's because uh, those things, they, uh, they're building the container. Yep. Um, and they're trying to fill it with with all of this stuff. Yeah. And he said, and it's interesting that like I'm, I've I've become more and more interested in, um, in, in just spiritual worldviews from yeah. a whole different. Because I, I think one of the things that our culture has really lacked in, as we've sort of said goodbye to religion, we don't have a lot of roadmaps for for navigating some of the the yeah. the, the difficult periods in our life. Like, well, what, why am I here? What is my purpose? What like is there anything else? Hundred percent. Yeah. And look, I'll I'll be honest. I I don't have. Um, I don't follow any particular religious belief. I don't have I don't have a religious spirituality about me, but I definitely um, I definitely consider myself a, a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've been really fortunate to be to I guess learn from um, some some absolutely amazing people um, with different spiritual perspectives um, and different re- religious beliefs. And um, you, look, if you you there's there's common there's common denominators in in if in all different worldviews and and it all comes at the end of the day comes back to to being a good person um uh thinking outside of just the ego um Mm -hmm. thinking about others and and yeah i mean it particularly particularly at this day in this day and age and the current climate um pardon the pun but um but yeah in terms of you know what's our what's our purpose what's what are, what is all of our purpose right mm. now in a in a world that is um on the brink of mass extinction um that is in need of radical radical change um environmental political um from a sustainability perspective and how do you do that and and what's the best way to do that um and that's hard that's yeah that's they're, they're some of the questions I ask now, mm. um, and it's and it's hard because uh, it's there's so much there's so much emotion that drives a lot of those things, and um, and yeah, it can be it can be tricky um, tricky navigating um, yeah different different sort of um, yeah whether it's religious beliefs, um, spiritual beliefs, um, beliefs about um what's our purpose and what's where are we going and and how do we match those up and and um and be be good to each other and be good to the earth and be good to the community it's it's uh yeah it can <laughs> it can be overwhelming it's a, and another pun like then <clears throat> pardon it but it is a hot topic at the yeah, moment this, yeah, this whole climate is. change thing but is yeah. it it's, it's really interesting i find it interesting to hear the different perspectives on on, on on what's happening yeah. and like the interpretation yeah. of the science and things like that. But yeah. is that something that you you like when you say mass extinction? You you're genuinely concerned about the yeah, it is. future and based on what you can see. Yeah, absolutely. And I, look, I I um I'm certainly I'm um, I'm not an expert in any of these things, so I'm I'm um, I'm reluctant to <laughs> reluctant to say too much about it because um, I don't get don't want to get out of my depth. But I, I found myself particularly particularly um, over the last month. Um, Sort of seeing the the um, just the the bleakness of of these bushfires that have affected Australia. Um, I, I went through three or four days just going through these these sort of existential concerns um, just on my own at home and and um, and just 
grappled with this what can I do and and what should we do and um and how do how do we do it and and um yeah that can be it can get really overwhelming and it's good to talk about it I um I was fortunate I've got a I've got a two good mates that um these are the sorts of things that we talk about we we we're a bit more open about our feelings and things like that and and I said to them man I'm just like I, I don't know what to do right now I feel like totally helpless um I yeah and and that was actually that was kind of what um I I inadvertently started a bit of a, a social media I saw on, this actually it took off yeah yeah and that wasn't it, it wasn't really my, my intention it was um I mean I, I'm I'm really I'm really glad it did and um it was it was super inspiring to see but um I I don't want to take I don't really want to take any credit for it because it's um it was literally just like I I don't know what to do here. Um, the only thing I really know how to do is well, I know how to run, mm-hmm. um, and I um, I have some sort of a voice, and I, I have friends that I can connect with, and um, people that have similar values to me, and and I was like, well, maybe maybe, and that's always been that's always been a big question for me, not just in this instance, but. What, why do I run? Because um, it is, it definitely is something that feeds the ego, and it's um, and it, it's very personal, and it it really it has no impact on on anyone else. Ninety um, percent um, of the time, you it, no one cares what what you how fast you run or, or what you do at a particular race or how you perform. Um, but at the end of the day, I I do it because it 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 makes me happy. Um, and it brings out my best qualities and that's, that's important. It's important that I, um, am the best version of myself for, for all the other aspects of my life and how I connect with other people and, and, um, you know, how I conduct myself in the workplace and, um, and, and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, this was just another, another way for like trying to find some purpose in my running. I was like, well, how can I how can I do it? How can I put it to good other than um, using it to um, improve my mental health and make mm. me a happy person and um, make me pleasant to be around? And it was kind of like, well, how about I do- donate some money on uh, proportional to the amount that I run? And um, that seemed to resonate with a few people, which was yeah, it was super cool to see. I was having a look yeah. through the hashtags on on Instagram the other day. Yeah. And I was I actually didn't realize it started with you. I, yeah. I saw. A, I, I, I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw a photo of your face and the initiative you came yeah. up with, and, and thought that was really cool. But yeah. um, it's been it's been incredible just to watch like the Australian public get behind the whole cause. Yeah. And that, yeah. I'm like you, man. I'm I'm definitely not. But I can't even consider myself close to an expert. The thing no. that I yeah. find interesting about this whole subject of climate change is I feel like I've I've heard some people 60s and 70s say, mm. yeah, but don't forget, 40 years ago we were we were in a, a, a climate worry that like the world was going to freeze. Mm. And I mm. feel like there's just so many, I, I was joking last night, I was saying once Jane Bunn can predict the weather next <laughs> Thursday, I'm going to start taking experts more seriously, but, but obviously tongue in cheek. But yeah. I um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's, I, I feel maybe blindly, I'm not sure. I, I, I feel quite hopeful about, about yeah. the future and especially seeing people get behind it. And, and I think sometimes one of the big things before things change is there's, I know the, the biggest changes in my life seem to come when I get fed up to a point with it where I was like, no, no, this this changes. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I've just, and I, I feel like I've seen a lot of people um, at least wake up to the fact that, okay, whether or not 
you believe in climate change or not. And and for, I, I don't know where I stand mm. with the whole thing. My wife mm. is adamant that it's a it's a big political stunt, and yeah. um, we, and and it's so it's so tightly uh, connected. I think with your political agenda in so many senses that it's yeah. hard to separate the emotion from the reality of what's going on. Yeah. I don't want to be a bloke who's just like, no, it's not because of this. Sure. But I just, I, I don't want to get caught up in the hysteria of what the project is. No, and, and I, th- I think this was, this is a good advice, um, more from my, I guess my, um, my scientific background, but, um, when you've got two people, um, with really stark and contrasting views on a particular topic, um, the reality is that the truth lies probably somewhere in the middle, um, and mm. and I think there is definitely a very very strong um, and at, from a, from a scientific perspective, um, I, I don't believe that you can argue that um, climate has changed, and I don't think that you can argue that it's changed because of. Um, because of uh, activities and uh, because of habits of of what humans have done and how we've populated the earth, um, but yeah, you're right. There's there's um, there's there's extremes on either end, and there's probably some truth. The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's a great. And, that's a great way. To, that's yeah, great advice, isn't it? Yeah, and and look, it is it is difficult because um, for every different party that is inv- influencing the conversation. Um, whether it's a, 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 um, a business worldview or a political worldview or a social worldview, um, unf- unfortunately, that 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 those or those three particular domains um, aren't created equal, mm-hmm. um, and and unfortunately, money talks talks a big game, and 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 money um, money influences influences politics, and and so. Um, so that's sometimes, yeah, that's sometimes the, a, an overwhelming um, thing to to kind of look at and go, where where are we heading, um, and and how are things going to change if if um, we can't be certain that um, they're changing for the right reasons? Um, and yeah, look, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm 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 not an expert in it. I'm, um, I I. I understand the basic science, and I believe I certainly believe it, and um, I, I certainly believe that there are political and and um, uh, capitalistic powers that mm. um, are probably um, influencing that balance between where the truth lies, um, and it may not be for the for the better. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, um, and but. Obviously, there's a lot of social power. Like there's, um, you know, the obviously like people like Greta Thun- Thunberg. But that's people resonate with with what her what her story is and her messages and her and I think her her youth and um, her genuine concern about um, you know where our world, world's heading and um, yeah, I whether we like it or not. They are going to be the next generation, and I think we, I think we should, I think we should consider um, what we're what we're leaving for them, and um, whether we believe it or not, you know, I think we we are as a as a as a human race, um, as a world, like I, th- I, th- I think we, I think we all have room to um, cooperate and listen. 
to each other more than maybe sometimes we do. Is there something that you've you've always been interested in? Because I think the other day when I called you and asked if you'd be on the show, I mentioned to you that um, like when your name is mentioned, I think a lot yeah. of the time I I, uh, I see your um, like there's a bit of talk around diet and there's a, a yeah. bit of talk around and I just, I just get the vibe that you're very intentional with the the decisions that you make and and, and as I sort of started to gather through the chat like you obviously like there's a big thought process that goes into doing the things that you do but is it is it something that you like yeah like from, from I, the outside you appear to have been interested in yeah um, just the decisions that you're making for a long time there's not too many blind <laughs> choices well, that you're aware of it's funny you say that because uh yeah I I think it gets me into trouble as is I definitely think a lot. <laughs> yeah. I spend a lot of time thinking and probably um, an, un- an, he- an unhealthy amount of time thinking about certain things. And um, that's, all, that's actually been a, 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 ch- a challenge is to, is to sometimes not overthink things. And, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I, I think, um, yeah, it, whether, it's, whether it's running training, whether it's, um, you know, how can I be a good citizen, how can I, how can I be a good person for the the people that I that are sort of in my close circle of um, friends and family, and um, yeah, a lot of thought does go into that. And um, but yeah, I I do have to sometimes pull myself up and and say, don't overthink it. Yeah, um, so because that's it's funny, isn't it? It's something that um, as I met, I've got a cousin and he's right into Buddhism, mm, and I, yeah. I never knew anything about uh, yeah. Buddhism or meditation, and, yeah. um, and and just through chatting with him, I became a little bit interested, and yeah. I, I, I started listening to a couple of tapes of some of the teachers, and they were explaining ways to actually just yeah. sort of disattach yourself with, yeah. especially like attaching so much emotion to the thoughts that you have, yeah. and like yeah. how, how is it you've navigated that territory? Because I, well, I, I think we've all been there where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed based absolutely. on the fact that absolutely. Giving, and so much of the stuff that I worry about is is very often like it, it turns out to be a, a yeah, non-issue or it turns yeah, out to be something that yeah, worked out quite well. Yeah. But I combine so much to a thought that I have that it's, it oh, appears as though it's actually a real threat. Absolutely. And 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 that will never that will never change. That we will as as humans we will always come back to that and we'll always be um, faced with um, with thoughts where where we where they do cause anxiety and we 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 have t- have trouble letting go of them and um it's interesting that you say that about um was your cu- your cousin cousin yeah. yeah so probably one of the or one person in particular that's been really influential in um i guess how i've um navigated um good mental headspace and good mental health has um been a good uh was actually i mean actually started off um as someone that I saw professionally, um, and he's um, he's a, a, a quite a devout um, a Jewish man, mm-hmm. and um, and I originally saw him um, for some for some mental health issues that I had, and um, and then eventually sort of that sort of siphoned into seeing him for a from a I guess a, a running and performance perspective, and um, and. And then just kind of, um, yeah, just kind of a relationship that evolved from there. But um, all along the way, we we just we ended up striking up just a really good friendship, and um, and and yeah, he's probably probably one of my um, dearest dearest friends, and and um, someone that I respect um, so incredibly, and 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 he's taught me a lot 
um, particularly through from his through his um, his his Jewish lens, I, I guess you could call it. Um, and that's something that 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 uh, I guess um, I guess that from the 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 religious perspective isn't necessarily something that resonates from with me. Um, but what the message always is, the message always resonates with me. Mm. And I think that I think you can find that um, whichever whichever perspective you um, choose or, or you use to to um, find meaning in something, um, if you actually like really just um, set aside your ego and actually listen, um, there's always there's always something that you can connect with with someone, even though it might be through something that you didn't think um, or you, you perceived as something that you didn't have in common. Um, and so that's 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 kind of been, or that's one person in particular that cert- certainly helped me to navigate, um, you know, I guess um, productive and, and non-productive thought processes. Yeah. And what was it from the, the Jewish perspective? Like I, I don't know a lot about it. I'm, a, I'm, yeah. I'm from the Christian tradition, yeah. I guess. Um, Look, but- I, I think a lot of the stories are the same, and um, and, and I think a lot of the themes that define um, what it means to be a good Christian, or what it means to be a good Jew, or what it means to um, be a good Buddhist, or what it means to be a good Muslim, um, they're. There are a lot of the same themes, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and look, I, cu- I couldn't tell you exactly um, some of the stories that we that we talked about, but um, we it, over the years. Um, so this this friend of mine, Bert, he he lives in Flagstaff, and um, I've been very fortunate because um, I, I used to used to live there for oh, a better part of seven years. Um, so. Each time that I've gone back and visited um, since I moved back to Australia in 2014, I've I've gone and stayed with um, him and his wife Wendy, and and it's just um, whenever I go and stay with them, it's just it's just so joyous. It's such a um, it just makes me so happy being there, and and we spend a, we'll just spend a lot of time sitting around the fire and and telling stories, and and Bert's a um, Bert spends a lot of time. Um, Kind of in quiet meditation and prayer, and we'd 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 spend a lot of time just sitting around the fire, and he might read some um, some stories from a particular book that he was reading, and um, and then and then we talk we just talk about the message from that from the story, and um, you know the meaning of the story might not be as meaningful to me as it is to Bert, but um, there's there's still a message that um, I think anyone can can garner from it and um yeah look i i yeah a lot of those stories um that kind of bert that bert's used with me to kind of um tell a message haven't necessarily stuck in my head mm-hmm. but but I, I think the the underlying sort of messages always always have um and and yeah look it's it's it's, it's held me in good stead in times where uh yeah have sort of been overwhelmed with um you know, worry about you know, um, you know, am I am I putting in enough effort here or there, and um, how do I get you know, how do I make sure that I'm um, you know doing well with my physio assignments and and assessments, and um, making sure that I'm still getting enough sleep and um, making enough time for my girlfriend and and my family and and stuff like that. Um, 
It's funny to yeah. keep the plate spinning, isn't it? Because it oh. seems that once you get a couple spinning really nicely, yeah. there's always. I guess it's just that. Um, yeah, that quest for perfection yeah, yeah. that we all, yeah. all kind of have. It, well, if you if you use the spinning plate analogy, like if you if you're one of those um, those uh, artists that can spin like five different plates with little, on a little pencil or something, like the reality is they have to keep going back and forth to each different one and, yeah. and keep spinning it. And and that's I mean that's true of, in anyone's life. Like there's there's so many different elements to to my life and everyone's life, whether it's the the running, the family, um, close friends, um, work, professional aspirations, um, and you know, always have to cut. I, I'm they're always they're always on my mind. They're always a uh, um, sometimes unhealthy, sometimes healthy level mm-hmm. of uh, anxiety around. Um, um, doing my best to to um, address each of them and um, get the most out of them, but yeah, it's um, yeah, you you never get perfect at anything. It's always a- <laughs> that's a good point. That's what keeps it exciting, isn't it? It's yeah. so funny. And if you do just start a new hobby, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's funny, man. Like uh, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but when I stopped running, there was a big gap where I was like, I've got so much energy that yeah. I just want to be able to put towards yeah. something. So last year, I set the goal to do a hundred stand up comedy gigs. Wow, and uh, I got to ninety four, oh. and uh, dude, it was it was a it was an it's interesting impressive. experience. Yeah, that's why I humbly just dropped it in the conversation because <laughs> I thought so as well. But it's so funny; it's one of those things that um, the, the funny thing. I always joke that the the funny thing with running was when you're no good at it, you can go out by yourself and not be laughed at. Yeah, yeah. But the most embarrassing thing about trying to learn or improve your comedy <laughs> is the only way to actually get good at it is just to get up in front of an audience and bomb. Yeah, and it's actually, the, oh. just just on that. I uh, it just made me think of last week. Um, going uh, uh when we had the couple of smoky days in melbourne and was on the treadmill the uh it made me realize the the only time that i am genuinely embarrassed about my running is when i'm at a gym and i'm on a treadmill <laughs> what are you embarrassed for well when you're on a treadmill and you're doing and when you're going really fast <laughs> yeah, like okay. really really fast <laughs> yeah. that is so embarrassing no, i get it Cause, i cause, agree because you look like you look like an, you look like such an idiot the, the <laughs> treadmill the treadmill is the the noise that it makes is exponentially louder yes. um your your foot patter becomes exponentially louder and um and you sweat flying everywhere it's not like when you're outside and and the sweat just evaporates when you're in a gym it just like bounces everywhere so what pace were you running yet because i actually i ran on a treadmill last week and i felt the same so oh. i thought you were saying you're embarrassed just being seen running but the, it's the pace that you're being seen yeah running. yeah yeah because yeah. i was running i think i got down to like maybe 440s and that yeah. even felt re- i was looking at the pace of the bike next to me and i'm pretty sure he was doing seven minutes yeah and I, I felt like i was i was trying to be a show off even though i was genuinely just going out for my uh like, yeah. my wednesday well, we were um we would normally do a track session on Tuesday and and, um, <laughs> and that wasn't that wasn't really an appropriate thing to do last Tuesday so I ended up doing some k reps on the um on the treadmill so oh, I mean no, I was wow. going like two two forty seven pace so oh what treadmills um, are these oh this was just at my local gym oh, but wow. these these ones yeah so I lucky because a lot of the a lot of the treadmills don't go any faster than twenty k an hour. Um, but fortunately these ones went up to, I think about 22, 23k now. So, um, but yeah, I, I, um, I had my headphones plugged in. So I, fortunately I was probably slightly blissfully ignorant (laughs) about how noisy it was, That would have been hilarious. Um, but I could just, I could see, I, like my sweat was specks of sweat were just like landing all over the screen and they were, they were on the side of the treadmill. I was like, oh man. How many Ks did you do? Um, I did eight by K and <laughs> so I was on there for like, I was on there for a while. Um, and I went, 
you know, pretty much at peak hour time. Um, oh. And as soon as I finished, I just, I hurried out of there. Were you there by yourself or was the whole yeah. Melbourne track club? No, I was just there oh, by myself. I wish you got yeah. that on Instagram story or something because that would have been fantastic <laughs> yeah. to watch. Yeah. So was, no comments? Uh, no. Uh, no, I, I think having my headphones in probably um, probably helped with that. Um, but, and uh, I, may, maybe, maybe it was all just in my head, but I was just thinking, oh man, everyone must be looking at me. Like, no, they were definitely <laughs> looking at you. I would have been for sure. <laughs> It makes my but, story yeah. about a four forty k pace just sound ridiculous. No, no, um, but it, it's yeah. Uh, I I kind of sidetracked the conversation there, but uh, oh, that was a good sidetrack. No, was that um <laughs> was that something that because I actually yeah I spent a couple of days just on the treadmills last yeah. week as well because it was it was it was ridiculously mm, smoky mm. and I was lucky enough to be at it um, Point Lonsdale which escaped oh, the smoke a little oh, good, bit. Good. Um, but uh, but there's a couple of days there where I was thinking mm. uh, I was looking at the um the air quality index yeah, and yeah I think I think one of the days it was still like a I was looking at Box Hill, and I reckon Box Hill was oh, sitting at like three ninety five yeah. or something. It was pretty, and we were yeah, at about ninety five up there. So I was like, "No, nah, yeah. I'm still going to jump on a treadmill." But what, what were you in there for the week? Yeah, just for two days. Oh, yeah. um, and by the second, by the second day, we were in there. I'm not sure if it made much of a difference because you could tell the smoke had made its way into the gym anyway. So, um, but yeah, fortunately, we got some um, a downpour of rain on Wednesday night, and. We've been pretty good since then, I think. So yeah, yeah. so you're just back into normal yeah, training outside. Yeah. So what has the last the last sort of week looked like for you? Um, yeah, pretty standard sort of week. Like it's a normal week now is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday sessions. So Tuesdays on the track, Thursdays over at the Caulfield Racecourse doing some threshold running, and then. Saturdays we go to Waddle Park and do like a bit of a hilly fartlek. Yeah, they're the, they're the two classic Melbourne Trap Club sessions. Yeah, yeah. They? Like yeah. I always see, yeah. uh, I actually really enjoy Brett Robinson's oh, yeah. posts of uh, yeah. just like shouting out to Carpenter to sponsor him. Cause <laughs> oh, he, that was so good. That was a great yeah. photo as well. Yeah. Did I ever get back to him? Um yeah, well, you, I, I don't know if you saw, but Carlton Draft actually posted the photo on their on their social media. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that, but I was actually thinking yeah. when he when he tagged them in, I thought, well, if they have a look at his page, he's got yeah, yeah. what maybe ten thousand followers. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I, they, I thought they... he'd be half a chance to actually to get a few drinks out of them. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not he has. sure. I don't. I don't know if he got a few drinks out of them, but he he certainly got a. Um, uh, got a bit of um, love on their social media channels. Well, how many people are cool. following the Carlton Draft page? I can imagine there'd uh, be a few. I think it's a great photo. I, I did. I did have a look, and now I can't remember. But it's yeah, um, yeah many thousands. Yeah, so. yeah. Awesome. So <laughs> you were. Um, cool. yeah, we were sort of saying before the before we hit record, but you're mm. in with with Shuey and mm. and Ryan mm. and Jen mm. and um, what that'd be a great that'd be a great. I feel like That's everyone been... who comes on the podcast is an MTC. <laughs> I feel like a, a, a default member <laughs> just by interviews. It's, it's a big group, and it's um yeah, we're, it's uh, contrary to probably what some people might think. It's a pretty welcoming group, and well, this is the th- <clears throat> I, I think people make that comment based on the yeah. This is I, I feel like I've I've got MTC's yeah. crew at the back a little bit because I understand that. Um, First of all, like people, people see the quality athletes from the outside yeah, and might see the yeah. confidence or the race face or yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I know what I was like before I used to go to a race. I was I was quite nervous and tense. Yeah, if yeah. you saw me on a start line or in and around training, I was yeah. very different. I think to how I was like yeah. in a conversation like this. And yeah, um, I've I've had the chance to sit down with like yourself and Stewie yeah. and yeah, I've chatted a bit to Jen because she's going to yeah. be coming on soon. And, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I think it's a like any any idea that there might be a bit of arrogance or whatever is. is I th- I, th- I think I, I imagine that probably part of where it's come from is is that there's certainly a um, there's a there's a really good culture at Melbourne Track Club um, and there's a, there's certain things that the 
um, that Nick and and all the runners that join the club really value. Um, and I think um, I think wherever there's wherever there is any um, in, ever any animosity or ever any sort of um, perception that oh you know Melbourne Track Club might be a bit standoffish is is really just a um, a, uh, a conflict of values um, and and yeah when when we when we're at training like we're we're there there to do a job and we're we're pretty serious about what we're doing and um, and we value um, we value working together um, and we you know value sort of lifting each other up and um, and you know. Uh, any anyone that comes along and tries to be a last rep hero or mm-hmm. or tries to dodge leading reps um, usually usually gets uh, gets made fun of or gets um, cops a bit of banter afterwards. <laughs> um, so that can sometimes sit sit uh, not so nicely with people that um, that don't necessarily understand understand kind of the the, the values of the group. But um, at the end of the day, like it it is a it is a really really great group of people and. Um, and, um, yeah, genuinely at the end of the day, like, and and you would know this, it doesn't really matter what level of runner you are. We're we're all doing the same thing. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, as long as, as long as we all kind of, um, you know, take the ego out of, out of the picture and, and, and instead focus on kind of the shared, the shared, uh, the shared journey and, um, irrespective of what, what level you might be at. Um, yeah, it's, uh. It's good sport to be a part of. Oh, yeah. I always yeah. joke that there's a reason I didn't run 331 because my ego <laughs> wouldn't have been up. I would have been strutting around like I was the king. Um, you say 349, I had to yeah. settle for it, but I, yeah. I still had a little strut around that, that night. But. I mean, you, and, and I, I, know you've, I, I know you've spoken to Stewie, and, and Stewie's um, absolutely smashing it the, the last couple of years, and, and he's, um, he's a real humble bloke. Oh, um, you, you couldn't pick. This is what I love about yeah. Stewie. I'm so glad to see a bloke like him. Sure I understand. This is what I, I get so excited about seeing a bloke like him take the reins is the fact that it's just, I feel like he, he's at least on the surface. I understand there's a lot more goes on behind the yeah, scenes or probably yeah. internally or whatever, but yeah. um, when you're the king of, of your field, whether it's football yeah, or running yeah. and you've got everyone in that scene, like yeah. just praising you and saying, oh, you're, yeah, you're the king. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it'd be so easy just to, to run away with it, and that's what I love about him. He just seems to take it in stride, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I mean, he's been part of Melbourne Track Club for pretty much as long as I have, and um, and he's his sort of trajectory has obviously been a much steeper upward curve than mine has been. Um, but but nevertheless, you know, he's he's been um, he's he's worked his way up, and um, but at the end of the day, he hasn't changed as a person, and he's um, still the same. Um, still has the same values. Still, um, still, you know, does does his work from a from a group perspective, and and um, we all try and train as best we can together. Um, he's a bit harder to keep up with nowadays <laughs> than he than he used to be, um, which sometimes gets us all into trouble. Um, I think it got me into a bit of trouble yesterday. <laughs> um, sitting on his heels. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was a bit of a bit of a doozy. I I had a um. I had a real rough rough session yesterday, and um, yeah, it just goes to. Sh- I, I keep getting sidetracked here, but it goes to show um, you, uh, you you do um, doesn't doesn't matter how how much wisdom you you build, you you still um, still can you're still susceptible to making the same mistakes, and um, and uh, I, I remember yesterday I was quite critical 
myself after the session. I was like, you know, this is this is not what you're meant to do here. You just got to move on and and um, and yeah, Stewie's really Stewie's really good at that. He just he um, just he gets the job done and he's consistent and um, I don't think he overthinks things and um, you know it's uh, it definitely shows when he particularly the last couple of years he's he's really uh, he's really got it together and um, he's pretty pretty hard to beat certainly mm. on a national level and almost on an international level as well yeah so. well you were frustrated at the end of the session because you just knew that you shouldn't have been running at the pace that you were uh, or? no no I, I I should have been running the pace the, the pace that I was meant to be running at was totally reasonable but um, I, I think the frustration was that I I, I, I was just tired yesterday yeah. didn't have it in my legs and um, I think I think that was partly um, my just, just looking at my training holistically. Um, probably a few few little errors, and um, and I think I I kind of try and um, like the the thing I value from a training perspective, and and part of my process that I really try to focus on is consistency. Um, and so I never try and. Um, I never want my workouts to be like super, super. Uh, doesn't doesn't bother me whether my sessions are like the best session I've ever done or not. Um, can, at the end of the day, consistency is the the main thing. But um, I certainly put a, a bit more weight on my Tuesday sessions than than the other two sessions. And um, certainly at this point in the season, like um, coming up to you know some important races, like yeah, you, you want your Tuesday sessions to go well um, and to hit hit your splits and. Um, but yeah, look, I arrived yesterday and my legs just, um, probably hadn't recovered from, from, uh, some slightly higher mileage and slightly harder long run on the weekend. What kind of mileage are you running a week? Um, so I've gotten up, gotten myself up to about 140k the last couple of weeks and that's, um, I, so I've done two weeks of that and I haven't done that high in, um, probably a couple of years. Um, I spent most of 2019 sort of in the hundred to 120 um sort of vicinity um and then yeah sort of after i finished my physio degree i've tried to slowly sort of add a little bit of mileage here and there and it's um probably just coming back to bite me a little bit at the moment um but uh yeah it's um yeah never stops never stops being a balancing act yeah that's <laughs> right so what uh just as we as we wrap it up what uh, yeah. what have you got coming up what can people look out for you um so next next race i'll do will be the um the melbourne track classic 5k which is yes. incidentally the our national 5k Are there, is there anyone coming over for that um that's a good question um i i know um i know morgan mcdonald won't be because he's doing he's doing an indoor season yeah um and I actually, I should know this, but I actually don't know whether Pat Pat Tinn's coming over or not. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, all of the Melbourne Track Club oh, guys are doing it. Stewie will be doing it. Matt Ramsden will be doing it. Um, I Jack hope you want to look out for him. Look at yeah, he's yeah. Doing well, actually, he's, I need to reach out to him. I'd love to have a chat to him as well. Yeah, yeah. He's um he's going really well. I I'd, um I actually went over to Perth um just between Christmas and New Year's and. Did a couple of sessions with him over over there, and then he's he's obviously in Melbourne now, training with the group. But yeah, he's he's going really well. Yeah, no, one awesome. to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. good. All right, so that's yeah. a, that's a big one coming up. Hey? Yeah, yeah, awesome. and then um, yeah, just I I guess we'll kind of see see how how it goes from there, and um, I'll um yeah look I 
Tokyo is kind of the goal. Um, I I'm realistic about my chances. Um, but yeah, whether I make it or not, I I still do have the goal of um, trying to run at least a PB this year. So yeah, twenty seven forty five. Yeah, twenty seven forty five and thirteen eighteen. So I'd be happy happy with a PB in either of those. Well, what would you need to run to qualify? It's so the the auto the auto time for the five and ten are. 13, 13, and 27, 28, respectively. So, oh, is it 27, 28? Yeah, no joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so, sure, he just qualified with a national record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Gee. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I've, I've uh, got some hard work ahead of me, but. Um, Based on yeah. that, that was a nice way to start, though. Like I was saying yeah. to you on the phone the other day, 28, 19, so yeah. not yeah. around. Yeah, just... I was. Um, look, it was. it. Um, I, I think at the. Uh, in hindsight, I'm. I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Um, at the time, I was a bit disappointed, um, just because you know you, you you always want a little bit more, and um, you, you know, kind of you can kind of see what you're capable of. But um, you know, I'd been I was probably at a thirty minute shape about a month before, so um, so I I came a long way in a, a relatively short amount of time. So um, yeah, hoping I can just kind of keep ticking along this year and. Get some just natural improvement from, yeah, staying healthy and just ticking boxes. Hopefully, man, I'll, uh, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to get back on later in the year. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like there's there's That'd hours that we could, we could do. But <laughs> I really enjoyed that, man. Now, thanks so much for making the time. And no, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's awesome. been fun. I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad we didn't just talk about running. <laughs> yeah, I know. Far out. I forgot, I forgot it was a running podcast. And I think I've scared off your cat because I haven't seen her for a bed now. Oh, oh no, she's falling asleep. We <laughs> oh, must have we must have boarded a desk. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I'll leave you to it. Thanks, Tyson. Yeah.